Dagon's Illusion, Episode 16, Roof Game. Lightning crashed as Eustace wallowed and staggered down an avenue of tall buildings. The hurricane was much worse. The coffin he had been pushing was nowhere to be seen, but even without that encumbrance, it was all he could do to claw his way forward, reeling from door frame to light pole, looking like a frazzled monster. His clothes flapped in tatters and unspeakable filth drooled from his hair. Clearly he was on some new quest because with a dangerous look he ranted, Bupkis, 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 crappy, stinky bupkis. Suddenly a blast of wind picked him up and blew him headfirst into a dumpster. With blood streaming from his nose, he dragged himself out, shrieking at the sky, More glass, screwy up you! More glass, screwy up you! Then heaving his bulk, he threw himself into the wind and wobbled around a corner. Across the street loomed a tall white building. Half blinded by sheets of rain, with blood running from his nose, Eustace stared up at it. Yes, yes, find you, nasty poopies. Look so long. Find you, find you. In a city where there were no lights, light was visible on the top floor. But that wasn't what he was staring at. Rising straight up from the roof was an eerie shaft of darkness that shot into the clouds like a tower of congealed ink. Bleaker than the storm, blacker than night, it stood with the hurricane swirling around it. With a snarl, Eustace headed toward the building, but to get there he had to cross a foul river that roared down the street. Without hesitating, he dove in, swimming, splashing, flopping through chest-deep slime. Finally, he reached the other side. Though the wind pounded him mercilessly, he didn't stop. Crawling and rolling like a great fecal worm, he managed to struggle up marble steps to a wide expanse of sleek glass doors. On the wall above them hung a golden emblem, the twisted symbol for DNA ingeniously intertwined with the words Helix Corporation. Eustace jerked on the center door, locked. Stepping back, he threw all his weight against the glass. With a thunderous crash, it disintegrated, and he landed on the floor of the lobby. Struggling to his feet, he brushed himself off, rubbed the filthy water from his eyes, and stared around. Across the huge room hung a sign with the symbol of a staircase. When he reached the steps, he jump-climbed them two and three at a time, past floor after floor, in total darkness, ranting and mumbling all the way. At the top, he burst out into a dark hall. Here, he groped his way along until he came to massive doors. With his fingers, he felt the double helix symbol. He turned the knob. Locked. Standing back, he gave the door a mighty kick. The wood splintered. Rushing into the penthouse suite, he stopped short. In front of him lay Jack Carson's on a massage table, and beside the table stood Amelia. Both seemed frozen. It was at this unfortunate moment that the paralysis lifted. Carson sat up and screamed, but it was too late. With a shriek of rage, Eustace's huge body slammed on top of him, and together they crashed to the floor. Grabbing a fistful of dyed hair, Eustace jerked the man to his feet. As he lifted him, Amelia awakened. Croaking in horror, she tried to escape. Dragging Carson's like a flopping puppet, Eustace caught her by the hair. As she screamed, he pulled their heads together and stuck his face between them. Then he yelled, Caught you, nasty poopies! Caught you! Caught you! 
While Amelia continued to scream, Carson stared up at the dripping human mass that held them. This did not look like the fiery, hate-filled being of his vision. Clearly their attacker was mentally impaired. In short, a retard. Cold reason took control. He was a psychologist. He knew how to deal with retards. Shut up, Amelia! The woman whimpered but stopped screaming. Then Carson's tried to speak calmly. Look, uh, whoever you are, you came here because you need help. There's a bad storm outside and you're in trouble. We can help you, but you've got to let go of us. What? Eustace stared at him blankly. What, what, what? Your nose is bleeding. You need a bandage, and I'll bet you're hungry. Is your tummy growling? We've got food. Do you like money? I've got a hundred dollars here, and I'll give it to you to spend on whatever you want. How does that sound? Money, money, money. <laughs> How about dry clothes? You don't like to be wet and stinky, do you? We'd like to be your friends, wouldn't we, Amelia? Blubbering softly, the woman nodded. Friends? Friends, friends? Yes, friends. But friends don't pull each other's hair. That's not a good thing, so let us go and we'll be friends. Eustace didn't let go. Poopy nasties play a game. A game? All right, we can do that. We like games, don't we, Amelia? Let's play a game, as long as it isn't a hair-pulling game. Roof game. What? Roof game, roof game. Dragging them both by the hair, Eustace rushed out of the room and down the hall. Wait a minute, wait a minute, where are we going? Pulling them to the staircase, he began to climb. Stop, stop this right now, let go of us! When they reached the door to the roof, Eustace dragged them outside into the raging storm. Instantly, they were soaked to the skin. Pulling them to the edge of the building, he let go of Amelia and screamed at Carson's, Poopy nasty! You do it! You do it! Saw you! Carson shrieked, Do what? What did I do? Hurt, hurt, hurt her! You hurt her! No, I didn't! Whoever she is, I didn't do it! With a roar, Eustace lifted the shrieking man above his head and threw him over the side. Amelia screamed and flopped to get away. Eustace paid no attention to her. Leaning out, he watched Carson's fall eight floors and crash through a glass ceiling. Big turd go splat! Then he shambled toward the door. Amelia was already gone. Eight floors below, Jack Carson's floated face up in the corporate swimming pool. At first it appeared that he was dead. Blood ran from his ears and nose forming a crimson halo around his hair. But as the storm poured in through the gaping hole made by his body, his eyes fluttered open. For a few moments he continued floating. Then, with a gasp, he turned and groped for the side.